Welcome back. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network live here from Stockton 12 Honda down here on the in the Auto Mall. Super easy to find. 10860 South Auto Mall Drive. Come see us. We've got shirts. We've got jazz seat belt covers. We've got jazz uh, parking signs. We've got jazz tote bags. Man, I didn't even see all that stuff next to you, Kyle. We've also got uh, some of those desk ornaments as well. So come check it out. Come grab some uh, jazz swag. Uh, today and into this evening is the Beehive Classic up there at Vivint Smart Home Arena. And one man who will be on the scene for that is, uh, in my opinion, the best college uh, basketball voice in this great country of ours. And he is my good friend, Ken Pomeroy. Ken, how are you today? Adrian, your opinion is the only one that matters, so I uh, appreciate that, that. That is what that I figured. That's why I brought you in this way. Uh, Ken, you're going to be there today. Let's start with the earlier game of the afternoon, Utah versus Weber State. Utah's 7-2 and two on the year. Uh, they've got a young team, but it seems like they're playing hard for Larry Krzykowiak. They got that nice comeback victory against BYU. What have kind of you seen out of Utah early in the season? And I believe in your rankings, though, you have them, I believe they're 111th or so right now. And uh, what does that team need to kind of do to climb in the eyes of people in this in uh, in the landscape of national, in basketball? And uh, what have you seen out of them earlier? Well, yeah, it's been kind of a mixed bag so far. Uh, I mean, they, as you mentioned, they do have the, the second youngest team in the country uh, in terms of at least their experience. And uh, you'll hear that fact probably mentioned today if you uh, watch this game on the TV and just know that uh, that fact came from my site. They, probably, they might not cite it, but uh, just know that. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. I think the expectations, you know, shouldn't be too high because they are so young. Uh, but certainly I think things have uh, started to head in the right direction. Obviously, getting the win over BYU was huge. You know, Ryland Jones hitting a big shot there to send the game to overtime. And, and really that that core of, of Jones and uh, Booth Gotch and Timmy Allen, like it's that's a really solid core. So, you know, I don't want to go crazy and, and try to pretend like, you know, this team is a you know a tournament team or anything like that. But, I mean, right now I haven't projected to go 7-11 in conference. And I think mm. – you know, a realistic expectation, nine and nine. You know, I think Utes fans could feel pretty good about that, especially given the fact that the team is so young. So uh, today, I think you just got to look for them. You know, if they're going to be that type of team, they really—I don't want to say they shouldn't have any problem with Weber State, but uh, this game should should not be closed down the stretch if that's the type of team we're going to have in Pac-12 play. When you talk about the Pac-12, Ken, um, is this a strong league this year, or is it still kind of top-heavy like it's as has has been? Uh, with Oregon and Arizona as kind of the teams right now that have – Washington, I know, got to the tournament last year, but it wasn't necessarily a great Washington team. What is the Pac-12 like compared to the other P5 conferences? Yeah, it's still – I'd say I'd say it's still sixth among the, the Power Six conferences. Okay. Um, it's, it's rebounded a little bit from last year. You know, last year was really rough where it was kind of neck and neck with the American, you know, really for right. the seventh-best league in the country. So that was a little more uh, – a little more troublesome, but you know this year Oregon, uh, you know they picked up a great win uh, today against uh, Michigan on the road. Uh, Arizona has a big game tonight against Gonzaga, but they've looked really strong so far. Uh, you know and you have these other teams lurking like Washington. You know they they could be a tournament team. Colorado could be a tournament team, although they suffered a pretty bad upset this week in Northern Iowa. So there's some teams lurking there. I think the overall strength of the conference is up. The bottom of the conference is better than it has been. Um, 
So, you know, you know, it's not a, a situation where this, this league is maybe back to, I, I don't know what the glory days were for it in basketball, but, they, you know, the mid-2000s, they were, they were pretty decent. Um, they're not quite back there yet, but uh, it is a better, a better year than last year, and so there should be, you know, a few more quality wins to be had in, in conference play this year. Uh, Utah's opponent, Weber State, 5-7 uh, and seven on the season. Um, or 3-5, and five, sorry, I had that backwards. 3-5 and five on the season. Uh, they come into this game out of the big sky. It's a team that's found a lot of success in that conference. And, of course, it's one of those leagues, obviously, that you only get one team to come out of. Is uh, Weber State a team that's going to be able to rebound in league play, in your opinion? Well, uh, again, this game, I'm you know kind of interested to see how they perform. I think some things are are up in the air with them. They, you know, obviously the season opener they lost by like sixty or something to Utah State, and uh, and that wasn't pretty. But since then they've had uh, some encouraging games. They, they you know they won at Utah Valley, uh, which is their only win against a Division One team so far. Um, but you know, led by Jarek Harding and Cody John, they have an experienced backcourt. That's going to be kind of the interesting matchup in this game, you know, facing up against uh, Ryland Jones and, and Booth Gotch, uh, you know, see who gets the best of that matchup. This is a game I think if Weber is going to contend in the big sky, this is a game they should be able to, you know, keep interesting for 30, 35 minutes, maybe even, you know, make it interesting down the stretch. So we're, we're going to learn a lot more about Weber State today. But, uh, you know, the early developments are uh, not terribly promising for the team so far. They're just such a hard team to judge, though, always early in the season yeah. because they do play – almost all their games on the road against better teams and their record is going to be, you know, pretty ugly no matter what. So um, this is a, a game that uh, I don't know if it's winnable, but it's certainly a game that they, you know, could stick around in if they uh, again are going to be that type of team that can compete for a big sky title. Uh, the game of the evening, of course, Utah state taking on BYU. Uh, let's see. You've got BYU at 43rd right now in your rankings, Utah state below them at 48th. Uh, Utah State ten and one on the season. We're in the top twenty-five, and BYU uh, obviously has a couple nice wins this year. Let's start on the BYU side of things. Ken, uh, a team that's uh, you know making a rain from the outside. They've got Yoli Childs back, and he's been a beast since he's been returned from that uh, suspension early in the season. What has Mark Pope brought to this team that maybe I, I don't want to say was missing with Dave Rose, but has kind of been the difference? in some of their early success. I know they lost to Boise State. That's not a great loss, and uh, letting that Utah game get away from them. But uh, BYU's been impressive early in the season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, even before they got Yilly Childs back, they were they were pretty impressive. The offense mm-hmm. just is uh, – it seems to be a little bit more dynamic than it uh, than it has been in previous years. Um, you know, really the backcourt. I think getting Alex Barcelo eligible really helped them. So now they, you know, they have him. They have T.J. Hawes. Um, they have Jake Toulson, uh, who transferred over from Utah Valley. And, you know, they got three guys that are, um, you know, multi-dimensional scorers can score from from different levels on the court. Uh, and uh, obviously, adding Childs to the mix just you know helps them out that much more in terms of having a capable scorer inside and a guy who can you know grab some offensive boards as well. So, um, so yeah, you really got to like what they're doing offensively. I, I mean, you look at what they've done this year. You know, you mentioned the Boise State game, which kind of came down to the wire. Uh, the Utah game where they really controlled that game for 37, 38 minutes and uh, let that get away. And then also the San Diego State game. San Diego State hasn't lost this yeah. year. And uh, that game, you know, BYU, I don't want to say they were in control, but they led most of the way. And, you know, San Diego State just outplayed in the last five minutes. So, you know, you flip a few plays in each of those games and there would be a, a serious hype train on the move for, for BYU. They, I think heading into the season, you really had to feel like, you know, there's an outside shot they can make the tournament. But the way they played so far – you know, they certainly are a 
tournament quality team. Now they they have to start pulling out these close games, obviously to to make that happen. But the road win at Houston will really help them. And then you know if they can pick up a win against St. Mary's or Gonzaga, preferably two wins in conference play, uh, win this game today, then you know I think you're starting to to see how they could you know certainly get into the tournament, maybe with a, even a little bit of ease. So uh, you mentioned Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, for the last few years, it's kind of been them and everyone else in the WCC. And, of course, Gonzaga's been on a different level as they have been for a lot of years. Uh, it sounds like maybe you believe that BYU can make a little more hay in the conference this season. Is that because uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's are more beatable or more that BYU is improved, or is it both? Yeah, a little bit of everything. BYU, uh, you know, you have to assume that they're – going to be improved i guess for the scenario to work out gonzaga is really right. good so I, I don't think gonzaga has dropped off a whole lot from previous seasons i mean maybe they're not a top five team this year maybe they're a top 10 team or something like that um but they're still really really good from what i've seen st mary's has been a little bit down so far this year and uh and so it's conceivable to byu could jump them uh, you know what it often comes down to for byu too is just in league mm-hmm. they just can't lose too many games to the teams below them which is tough because some of these teams you don't really care about or hear about, like San Francisco and Santa Clara and Pepperdine, are good enough to be BYU in their own building. So, um, so those are the games that are kind of sneaky and that BYU is going to have to win this year. They could, you know, maybe drop one or two of those games over the course of the season, but they can't go any any further than that if they want to make the tournament. So, um, so that's kind of the lay of the WCC land, and it's uh, not unusual if you've followed the conference the last you know four or five years. It's basically the way it's uh, always been since BYU joined the league. Uh, Ken Pomeroy with us here on the Saturday Show on the Zone Sports Network. Good friend of the station. Uh, check out his work at KenPom.com. Get yourself a uh, subscription to that. It is a great way to follow, follow college basketball. Uh, Utah State, 10-1 on the year, Ken. Uh, they're getting their big man back. Should be a fun game tonight, but what have you seen out of Utah State? Where do they fit kind of in that national picture? A tournament team of last year started the season in the top uh, 20 and have dropped off a little bit, but they're still finding a way to win games. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of that ranking was based on Nemius Cato being in the lineup, and right. he obviously really hasn't been thus far, you know, played seven minutes against Fresno State, but other than that, um, has not given them anything. So uh, the fact that Utah State has started out, you know, as strong as they have, much like BYU starting out so strong without Yoli Child, that, you know, is encouraging. Getting that win against LSU will really help them, you know, from a resume standpoint. And, you know, we'll see how much they get from Cato today. Uh, He's a guy who, you know, last year this was a team that was top five in the country in terms of the two-point percentage defense, and obviously Kata had a lot to do with that. Uh, this year they're, you know, barely hanging into the, the top 40 or so. So he can certainly improve them on that regard and give them more of a, I don't know about an elite defense, but a really good defense, uh, which uh, is, a, is something they could use today. Because one thing we didn't talk about with BYU, you know, you talked about the shooting, and they're obviously a good three-point shooting team. But they've actually been a really good two-point shooting team as well. And, uh, mm. and so uh, – you know, Utah State could use all hands on deck to uh, defend against that. Um, I, I mean, it's probably, you know, foolish to expect Cater to play 25, 30 minutes today. But if he can even give them 15 to 20, um, he could really have an impact on this game. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, for that game tonight, what are you looking for? And who, where does each team maybe have an edge? And maybe who do you think is going to pull this one out? Yeah, you know, this is just a great matchup. Actually, look at my uh, – my game listing for today, and I have it as the third best matchup nationally. So, uh, so it's a pretty solid cool. game. Uh, 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 people probably don't realize it's not kind of going to be obscure if you're not at the game. I think well, it's on like BYU TV or something. So it's uh, yeah. maybe not getting the the national publicity it deserves, but uh, should be a fun one. You know, it's like definitely you know uh, the matchup I'm looking forward to is, is the BYU offense against the Utah State defense. 
Um, because, you know, BYU is a little bit limited defensively. That's kind of been a, you know, a historical thing for them. But offensively, that's really where they're going to kind of, um, you know, prove themselves this season. And so, uh, so that's going to be a real test for Utah State. Again, you know, Kate is out there. They have more options. When he's off the court, you know, Utah State pretty much ends up playing small, and, and that's kind of how uh, BYU can get comfortable. So, um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, really good game. Should come down to the wire, and uh, whichever team gets it is going to have a really nice, uh, you know, kind of top 50 win on their resume. For sure, for sure. All right, on the national landscape, Ken, who's good? And who's who's the best team in the country right now? <laughs> yeah, it depends how we wanted to find good, but there's uh, <laughs> I don't think there's I don't think there's any team out there that's going to necessarily go down in history as one of the game's greats. So, you know, there's obviously been right. uh, um, a lack of uh, of great play at, at the top of college basketball, and we can speculate as to why that is. Whether it's you know so many players leaving early now or or what's going on, but um, Ohio State has clearly played the best. Uh, of any team in the country so far this season, you know, really shredding uh, multiple good teams by uh, large numbers of points. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, beating Penn State, uh, um, Villanova, UNC, you know, beating three, you know, really solid teams by, by lopsided margins. I, I do have a rule, Adrian, which uh, I try to live by. You can't really live by it, I don't think, in the sports radio world, but I try to not judge good teams after they've lost because it's obviously you can look at Ohio State what are you going to pick apart like they've been perfect in every game but they're going to lose eventually they're going to lose four or five times this year at least and uh, and when we see that then I think we can start to judge you know kind of uh, how good they are are they truly the best team in the country are they not it's a little you know people I think are a little hesitant to buy into them just because heading into the season you know, I don't know where they were in the preseason AP poll somewhere between 10 and 15 I believe and that's where they were in my ratings um, so we, you know, people didn't think they'd be the best team in the country, and so there's rightfully a little bit of skepticism. But uh, thus far, you can't argue with the results. They've been a very, very good basketball team. Uh, Ken, last thing before I let you go, you kind of sparked a question in my mind. When it seems like the NBA is moving towards the one and done rule going away, and maybe you're going to let some players leave from high school and go straight into the NBA. What kind of effect do you think that may have on college basketball? Well, I guess the first thing is like I I keep hearing this, and then we never really hear when it's going to happen. Right. You know, it seems like it's imminent, and then it, there's you know never really any uh, firm announcement about it. So I I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, if it did happen, yeah, I mean I think we're getting a taste of that this year, where you know the the two way contracts in the NBA really uh, given another avenue for players who want to go pro early to kind of earn a decent salary while they're developing, and that's obviously uh, uh, an enticing thing for for somebody who is in college and you know not earning any money at least over the table so uh right. you know we're already seeing that with you know really 60 70 80 players going pro early now um you know it's affecting the landscape of college basketball in a you know pretty significant way i mean the obvious answer is yes the talent level goes down i don't think it really affects necessarily who the best teams are like kentucky's still going to get the best mm. players available after you know all the players from high school go pro um, you know, Duke's still going to get those those great players, and the right. fact is, like a lot of those players are probably still going to be one and done anyway. Um, so I, you know, the quality level of the game will probably drop to some extent, and you, I mean, you really have to be a fan of the college game to stick with it. If you're looking for like high quality basketball, it's on the level of the NBA. Like you're probably not watching college basketball anyway. So I don't know if it'll have a you know really huge effect on on the interest in the game. Interesting. Well, Ken, uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar, and I appreciate you jumping on, giving a few minutes for me today. Enjoy 
the basketball games this evening and uh, get a get a drink. So you're gonna you're gonna be sitting there a while. So kind of enjoy your time. Relax. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a two hour break between games today. So uh, yeah, you oh, really geez. have to uh, enjoy Vivint Smart Home Arena to sit out this doubleheader. Yes, we all do. Well, uh, thanks again, man. Appreciate your time. All right, thanks, Adrian.